and gentlemen, welcome on back to the X-Wing segment of the Wide World of Wargaming. As always, I am your host, Vincent Morgado. Joining me, as per the usual, Mr. Jeff Wilder. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody's and, staying safe. And Mr. Drew Bishop. Keep your distance, though, Chewie, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. <laughs> I don't know. Fly casual. I don't know. Fly casual. Han, the master of overstatement and understatement at the same time. Um... So, uh, there was a little bit of information came out of FFG today, a couple of updates on things we were waiting for, um, the finalization of, of announcements concerning Wave 7, and uh, a teaser for what we should expect after. Also, we are finally going to talk about the new wave of Vassal and TTS tournaments, how, how we feel about playing on the internet, and what are some of the different challenges facing you as a player. And then last but not least, we are going to wish list regarding one of the other new announcements uh, from the end of the live stream. So, very first, we can confirm the pronunciation of the, I'm going to fuck this up, Xi class shuttle. Uh, it is, we are going with the Greek pronunciation regardless of what they say on the live stream. Um, it is going to be the mid-level crew carrier that we all expected. Uh, Medium-based ship, and it. You know, it, we're guessing it's going to serve somewhere as equivalent to. I'm assuming it's going to be something essentially the uh, Imperial, the the First Order Hawk. Yeah, seems like the yeah. That's yep, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. You could you could argue closer to a U-wing, but I think the U-wing is unique enough in X-wing that probably there's not a lot of things to compare to it. But I mean, honestly. I think that's a decent comparison too. They're they've all three got that got that same sort of um same sort of role that they they play. Right. They're they're no slouches in combat, um, at least with some of the pilot abilities that we've seen, and of course pilot abilities on the U Wing, um, and they're great support ships, so Yeah, we did finally get information on uh, the rank four pilot. We covered this a few weeks ago, but there was a lot of stuff missing. Gideon Hask is the unique uh, pilot skill four, and his ability for is uh, it's not unlike a resistance ability actually. Um, while you are a friendly small ship at range zero to two, performs a primary attack against a damaged ship. If the attacker rolled two or fewer attack die, it may gain one strain to roll an additional die. So this is a couple of things. So this is Gideon Hask from Inferno Squadron, pushed whatever thirty. 30 years ahead. Yep. Um, and his his uh, pilot ability is an evolution of his pilot ability in a TIE fighter, right? Yep. yep. It's a support ability. Yeah, it's it's support version of his own personal ability. Yep. Um, I love this uh, for TIE FOs. Um, the problem <laughs> is it doesn't work on one of the ones that I like, uh, Longshot, which sucks, because Longshot is basically always rolling. Uh, three dice, but other than that, um, Scorch is probably is out of the picture if you're running Gideon, unfortunately. Uh, but Midnight, uh, Rivas, some of the uh, some of the SFs, I think you could get a lot of uh, a lot of use out of yeah. with Gideon. Um, a a it, white focus, a red target lock, a red coordinate, a white jam, you know. Is it though with Scorch? Could you put both of these abilities into the queue and have Gideon go first to make it roll an extra one, and then you could have Scorch stress himself to give him an extra attack die, 
or is that not a or is that not a thing? Am I getting the timing wrong? Well, the, the thing with Mr. Vector Windows, it it uses the past tense. Have we ever seen this before? That's actually what I was. That's what I wanted to dive into with this. It's like, wait a minute. So I'm rolling two attack dice. I roll my two attack dice. Yes. And yeah. now it says, now it says, if the attacker rolled two or fewer, it may gain a strain to roll an additional dice. That's yeah. I've never yeah. seen that. We've never seen that in the next so one that's before. Not gonna, that's not going to stack with Scorch because Scorch has yeah. to make the choice before rolling. That is correct. So get that stress. Yeah. It also wouldn't stack with long shot because long shot gets it once you determine range. But no, that's a little short pretty there. Cool. You you get to see, you know, if you roll two blanks on your on your attack dice, what you're not going to bother taking a strain token to roll an attack die. Yeah. Oh, uh, so. notice it. I don't. I don't know about that. I would say that if like because FO has the tech slot, you could uh, or I'm uh, sorry, SFs have the tech slot. Maybe you optics. See your, or uh, yeah, exactly. I was thinking uh, advanced optics. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, there's there's mean, ways to modify your dice further with the. But it gives you an interesting tactical choice, which you know you, you don't have to do it. You you get to wait and see what the outcome is before you decide. Right, and it also doesn't say if this after you if this is before or after you do any mods. You know the biggest thing here though, this ability well, can go off on every ship. It's not a once per thing. Well, it won't work yeah. on anything with an SF gunner. Uh, this is this is true, but I'm but I'm what I'm talking about is like you could have this and like four or five FOs, and every single FO gets to use Gideon's ability. Yeah, it's a How Runner sort of it, ability. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we. I mean, we've been asking where is the where's the first order How Runner for a while. Yep. Um, but I, no, I, this, I, this comes before modifications. Um, okay. It's uh, the thing that's. I mean, it's it's. That's interesting because. So like Luminara, for example, you, if a foe was shooting someone and Luminara had them in bullseye or whatever, um, and the, you know, the, the, the ability to do, to use Luminara's ability works, you would have, you would have your foe roll two hits, right? Lumi would turn one into a focus and then you could use Gideon's ability to add that extra attack die, right? Is that, that's how that works? Because the defender modifies first. Uh, I think Jeff just said that this would happen before mods, so no. I think I think it would have to happen before mods. If it if it doesn't happen before mods, it's going to it's going to break some stuff. Hmm. So I think it has to. I mean, I think if nothing else, I'm not positive about this. So listeners and you guys. Um, I think that attack dice for attacking, you're you're not out of your rolling attack dice phase until you've rolled all of your attack dice. Right? You can't you can't add a die later to there there isn't I don't know. It's gonna this is gonna raise a lot of questions. I can tell you that. Yeah. I think the way it will shake out is that you roll your two dice, you look at what you get. You decide on this card or not, and then you move on. Okay, I'm so I'm just pulling up this the wiki here, which I would say is about an eighty to eighty five percent accurate. Um, roll attack dice includes any of the following: uh, 
attack value, range bonus, and any abilities that add or remove attack dice. Yeah. And they specify Which this one add does. or remove dice, not results. Mm-hmm. So I would I would think Jeff is correct, and you would have to decide this before. Just for your example, Drew, you would decide before using Luminara. Interesting. That's that's good to know. That's good to know. That's also really interesting, though, as Jeff you were saying before. The super weird. I, do you like the wording though? Is the wording better? Is it is it more streamlined, or is it just yeah, create more problems? Because it just means that you're you're decide you're rolling your two dice. You're looking at what they have, and you go, "Is it worth rolling a third? It's yeah. it's better for the defender. I would argue it's better for the defender. It is would worded you? to be better for the defender. I'll put it that way. Yeah, um, just because everything is going to be modded and done by the time you're going to know how much you're dealing with before you decide. Uh, oh, you mean spend. Yeah, you know what I mean? Better, better than adding it later in the process. I thought you meant Correct. better that's than. I mean. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, that's that's true. Yeah, but this is a really good ability. It's a better ability for the attacker than just taking a strain to add an additional attack die. Well, you would want to. I mean, if it was for anybody, you would you would remove the two die limitation. But I, yeah, I'm glad this doesn't work with silencers because Kylo's good enough already. Yeah. Right, right, and uh, uh, you can see that, you know, with the two attack dice, it's meant for the the mooks. Yeah, uh, SFs and the mooks. Yeah, I think it's meant for adaptive optics SFs. Um. Because if you think about it from just a statistical percentage, from a statistical point of view, uh, saving the points for Special Forces Gunner on Quick Drop, I mean, yes, you do lose the, you lose the the, the four die at range one, but you pick up an additional die at range two or three. Right, as long as Gideon's alive. Yeah, and of course. Let's not forget that the the attack the defender has to be damaged. That's true. Yes, yes. So, I, you know, droids, I think this helps a lot against mid-range engagements against droids. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's genius against droids, man. That's, um, wow. Because you're, you land damage, you're, you're not hitting shields, they're going to be damaged. You get to see what you roll to decide whether to roll that extra attack die. You take a strain, but on the other hand, the droids are only firing two or, if, you know, maybe three if they've got ESCs or whatever. Um, right, right. Yeah, that's going to be really strong against droids. Large is two, as with anything. It's amazing how often abilities are good against the smallest, cheapest ship and the largest. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> way the around end up coming around a lot in X-Wing. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up... One of the superstars of this is going to be Agent Terex, uh, First Order crew. So he's got two sides. Uh, first one is set up, equip this side face up, and place three calculate tokens on it. At the start of the engagement, you may choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 and remove one calculate from this card to place on the ship matching, uh, gain a matching token. Um, this does work on itself, so you can put this on whatever you're putting Agent Terex on. Yep. Uh, so, like, if you were to put this on a an Upsilon, uh, you would be able to, to mod yourself even if you got bumped. But a lot of the time, I feel like, you know, 
this is definitely a, a long-range support ability if somebody flies away from their carrier. So if anybody's interested, I believe Agent Terex is from the Poe comic book. Um, That's my understanding as well. Yeah, it's been a while since I read that series. It was a good series, but it ended a while ago. Um, and I think that I think he was from that. So we talked about this card uh, a couple of weeks ago. We compared it, Drew and I compared it to the old Ray crew card. So we yep. know it can be pretty strong depending on cost. We didn't know it had a flip side, though. We knew it had a flip side. We just didn't know what, what the other side was. Right, exactly. We didn't know what the other side um, was. We do now, uh, and it is – Drew is worried about it. Um, it it definitely sparked some conversation in the stream chat. Uh, during the system phase, roll one attack die on a hit or a crit. Gain one calculate. Otherwise, you gain a jam. And then as an action, you can transfer one calculate or one jam token to a ship at range zero to three. So it's not actually that bad as I'm looking at it now. Uh, because you have to roll to see if you're actually going to get that jam token. But I, you know, you know, I come from the... Strictly speaking, that's not true. It, it's a convoluted way of getting there, but there are ways to get a jam onto... So, like, the... Um, you take the it, you have a white jam action, right? Well, the, so the Upsilon can jam, and if you put it on Tabson and he gets shot, he can throw that jam out on somebody. Right, right. The, I'll tell you what, what immediately I don't like about this flip side is um, I don't like that it is automatically better for higher initiatives. Right, right. Um, you, you don't yeah. want to... It, the the ability to pass the jam, for instance, doesn't do you any good if you're a, if you're a, a nit one ship. Okay, but at the same time, if you're a higher initiative, you're more likely to get blocked, and if you're blocked, you can't take the action to pass the jam token. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I would have if I'd been designing it, I would have made it more a nit neutral so that. Um, you know, I'm not sure. There are ways around it. You could do, um, you can pass the, during the system phase, you can transfer a calculate or jam token to a ship. And during the, you can't take any more actions this turn, for instance. Something like that. I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to kind of trick out, you know, trick off and, and find a way to push this as far as you could, hollow is a really good, um, a good candidate for that. Right, but here's the other thing too: is uh, with if you know if you if you get that jam token on you, your ship is only coordinating. Um, or I guess you could target lock, right? Because you're you're assigning that jam token to yourself, so you couldn't focus, right? No, if you're if you have a jam token on you and you try to target lock, you just jammed yeah. your own lock off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There was there was some coordinating, or you're, you're either coordinating or you're transferring the jam token to somebody. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, which is interesting. So again, you know, I come from that 1.0 sense of the uh, jamming a ship at range one to two in arc of the Reaper, which is an ability that it used to be able to have with a couple of upgrades. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, the first time I saw this, that was when I was like, okay, maybe this is too much. But reading at it now, there's a lot more 
you know, loopholes you got to jump through to get that gem token, and then you got to pass it, right? So, I, so we I mean, estimated I, this thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I don't think you want the gem token. I think the gem token is a genuinely bad thing for you. Um, I mean, granted, there is a there is you can mitigate the downside by transferring it, but again, only if you're higher in it than the ship you're transferring it to. Um, or if you if you yourself don't care about having a focus or a lock, right? Exactly. Uh, I think that the jam token is a is a pretty genuine genuine drawback. It's going to cause people to to really have to work to get around it. Um, I just wish that it weren't so clearly weighted toward high knit ships. They don't they don't need it. Well, we'll see how it's played. Um, so look, we we estimated that this was, I think, Jeff, you were talking about it being a nine point card, something like that. Yeah. Actually, I think I think you guys were talking eight nine, and I was going something like seven was what we ended up settling on. Okay. Yep. Yep. With the flip side, yep. higher or lower than your initial thought? Um, I, I mean, I mean, the flip side is really the jam is bad, but calculates great um so uh, I, it's a good question it's like this is so much better for hiring at ships it's just ridiculous um i, I would say I still, i'd say i'd push it to nine at this point i i would say that because this is a fairly survivable ship it's seven health behind two attack uh two two green die um and the odds are that they that people are not going to be shooting at this thing when they have a whole picket line of SFs in front of them. Um, it's very likely you will get at least one jam onto something worth getting a jam on. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, just keep in mind that this is this side is only in play the th- Third at the very earliest, the fourth round of significant combat. combat. Yep, yeah. unless That's you and unless you, you want to, you know, uh, unless you want to blow it earlier for some stupid reason. Yeah, you wouldn't want to waste the three calculates. Okay, I yeah. mean, yeah, you would have to invest a significant amount in keeping this thing alive, and FO doesn't have a selfless or anything like that. So that's and true. At, and at the same time, too, you know, we're, we're you know most most games average what like six to seven turns eight turns so there is a and and of course you don't i mean it depends on the list right but what i'm what i'm trying to what i'm trying to get at here is you know there is a huge chance that you're actually not really going to get to use this side if you are playing for example in the hyperspace trials as of right now i don't i don't think it's a huge chance but i think it's a significant chance and i think that's a good point You, you may not even reach this point of flipping it or the ship might not yeah exactly yep, yep. okay uh drew what do you think higher or lower in points than what you than what jeff says we were talking eight to nine yeah i still think it's about eight to nine i would be surprised if it was lower i mean at at, at the lowest i'd see six but mm, i don't i mean the nah. the um the the chassis in 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 first order are already extremely expensive um and and yeah i think with the uh with the upsilon cost and you know whatever this thing's cost is um yeah i think i think somewhere between seven and nine 
um, is uh, is what it's going to be. So I, I would say that because late in the game, this thing is only going to become more valuable because there isn't a bad result. Um, right, other than losing your action. Right, the, yeah. The only way this thing has no value is if the shuttle gets blocked. I I think this might be an 11-point crew card. I think that's possible. I think I think 9 to 11 is my, my new guess. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the way I look at it, I look at everything in terms of how can I use this and how can I use it through an entire game. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as you get past the initial joust, you're still valuable. And I understand completely what you're saying, Jeff, about this being weighted in favor of high init ships. The problem is there aren't a lot of high init things that can carry it. Like the highest we've, that, that I know of is, in, is a four. Yeah, that's true. So really what you're talking about is once you get into the scrum and everybody kind of starts mixing it up the hard way, you're throwing this thing around. You're throwing that you're, – you're either passing a calculate to somebody who needs it or you're jamming the shit out of somebody. And, it's, right. and zero to three happens a lot more once you turn a game into a furball. Oh, yeah. Zero to three is huge. Exactly. Um, so I, I think the, this actually has a lot of – this has, this has value throughout the game. And a lot of value. Because 2.9 Calculate is still a decent shot in and of itself, even if you don't pass the token. Yeah. So you could use this just to turn a a shuttle into a, you know, a support shooter. And then you use your action for something else. Right, right. That's just my thoughts on it is, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to apply this card. Like, shit, I mean, is anybody going to be mad about having a four-die shot out of an Upsilon with a free calculate every turn? I mean, the, the thing is that it's it's three, uh, three mini-actions, minimum, um, plus the, the calculate and the jam uh, after those three are expended. Now, normally you wouldn't say three mini actions um, are necessarily worth 11 points. You might. I mean, three, three, fours, even if they're not renewable, I don't know, maybe. But um, it, in this case, the idea that it allow, this allows token stacking. This allows stuff yeah. that, that is hard to do in second edition so far. Yep. Um, yep. For anybody yes, that's un- not a Jedi, anyway. Unfortunately, token stacking is getting easier, though. It is. It is. They're they're falling. I mean, they're they're sort of slowly being sucked into the Sarlacc pit. It does, but they are. Li- the nice thing is, it looks like they're limiting it mostly to calculate tokens. Or yeah, or force, which is right. Same. Like like Hollow is really the only one that can that can end up helping somebody get evade focus lock you know what i mean yeah right right or at least you know there's there's costs to having that action economy you get a strain you get a stress someone right, else like gets Garvin's a strain. not breaking you know garvin in both of his ships is not breaking rebels no. <laughs> this is true. breaking rebels even if he hadn't gotten screwed over nerfed yep i agree Ugh. All right, moving on from Terex, uh, we're going to revisit the lat. This is nothing we don't know, but we can confirm what we what was rumored earlier. 
Uh, this ship is fucking ridiculous. So depending the basic on one, depending on cost, Drew and I can't decide if this is closer to a K-wing or maybe a Tide bomber. Uh, I'm voting K-wing because it has a white reload. Um, I mean, isn't it closest to a Punisher? Uh, having never flown a Tide Punisher, I have no idea. Reload target lock. Um. I mean, probably Punisher would be my guess. One agility, two, two attack. Does have the turret, so there's yeah, it's no the it's the K wing's bow tie turret. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the there's no there's no question the support that this right. that the lat gives is way higher than the than the um, K wing. Well, either I mean, or, yeah. this this is unpre. I, I think you could argue that this combination of strengths is probably unprecedented. Um, this, this goes out to range three. Yes. Yep. Um, now it doesn't uh, work still... on it on its own kind. It, it requires. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. When a friendly ship performs a non-turret attack, this thing oh, can fire oh, missiles. Missiles. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so it doesn't work on its own non-primaries. Right. It might also. It, it probably also works on a cannon. Yeah. If it has so, the ability to take a cannon, right? If if this thing could take a heavy laser cannon, oh fuck. And it could do it twice. A t well, twice in one turn, and then it has to. Yeah. Has to regenerate, but wow, yeah, that's really strong ability. Yeah, and Ooh. it's tough. I mean, it is only it's it's the same as a. Uh, what is it called? The shadow shadow caster, um, the lancer. So it's two shield, eight hull. But it's got. Right. I mean, if if you feel like it's got a red reinforce, so it's an it's it's got the ability to reduce incoming damage while also being its own and a basically unlimited range, technically offensive mod platform. Well, the, the friendly doesn't need to be the friend. Remember, the friendly doesn't need to be within zero to three. You just need whatever the friendly is shooting to be in this thing's turret arc. Oh, not yeah. quite, not not quite, Vince. There's a there's a rule in X Wing that oh, says. Sorry, I have to reverse that. Nah, you're uh, all good. You're all good. Yeah, but it it is going to be know, zero I three. Had that right? No, it's not, Drew. If no, if a, while a friendly ship performs a non-turret attack, if the defender is in your turret arc. Yeah, this is Ronith Blario. No, but I'm pretty sure in the rules it says if it doesn't give a range, the range is one. The range is zero to three, right? Like so, Suntir Fell could not be looking at someone in his bullseye arc across the board and get a focus token. That's and his ability doesn't say that. It just says if someone's in your bullseye, gain a focus token. If you look in the rules, it says oh, if you're mis you're, Drew, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Yeah, you guys are arguing different things. That's oh, what, yeah, I just realized that when he said that. Uh, Drew, as long as the other, sh as long as the target is both in range and in arc of the of the lat and whatever yes. is shooting, yes, that that other ship doesn't have to be at zero to three. It just has to be at zero correct. to three of what it's shooting. Yes. So you could have them cross board from each other, and it doesn't matter. Right. Right. That's what I meant to say. You got it. No, I yeah, I was I was confused as you can clearly see. My apologies. Yeah, it's all good. No, I I love this thing. Uh, I think the lat is. Assuming it's not horribly pointed, you will see this played and extended immediately. So it's an 
incredibly powerful ability. I mean, you know, 44, 46, 50? Yeah, I mean... Are you, are you guys worried about it? I'm kind of worried about it. I'm a little seems, worried about it. It's, yeah, it I seems think, really strong. The primary is, is worrying to me. Yep, yep. You know, I, I, I have to say, I think it's probably a good thing that it's... I think it's a good thing that it's non-turret attacks. Because I think this is a good way to get Torrids back into the game. Oh yeah, we were just talking about that, weren't we? Yeah, I mean, yes, obviously it's going to be used to buff Jedi. The problem is, is Jedi cannot protect this thing from getting focused down in like two rounds. Also true, also true. Because if you're like, if you think about it this way, if you see two Jedi on the board and they go for the flanks and the lat is just there in the middle, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes you you arc dodge and you leave your opponent with the the ship that he probably wanted to shoot anyway. Yeah. So if somebody leaves me with a fifty to seventy point lat who has all his support and then has two split up aces and my group is all together and I can just flip around and immediately be facing back, I'll take the beef he's offering me. Yeah. Well, there's the other thing about this too, right? Like most of these lats are going to be low initiative, so keeping their turrets in Odd certain oddballs ball, in a lat, bro. Ugh. Um, but it, <laughs> well, hold on. But, but even so, even so, keeping keeping the turret in a certain position can give away where your Jedi are going to go, or where where your other ships are going to wind up. It's it's still a medium ship arc, which is a lot of room. Yep. 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 But I, I do understand your point about telegraphing. You're 100% right. But yeah, I think this is the... the I, won't, I won't say the immediate standout, but I bet you this is the one that is most that is easiest to apply. Right, right. Uh, next up, they showed... Uh, they you know just showed one of the upgrades we've already checked. Uh, Ghost Company. Uh, unique combined crew and gunner slot. That's uh, required on anything Republic with a reload. So technically, you I think you could put this on a BTLB. Uh, rotate, not reload. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Rotate. Uh, I still think you could fit this on a BTLB, right? Or do they only have a gunner slot? BTLB? The Y-Wing? Yeah, the Republic Y-Wing. Yeah, the, the, y- the Y-Wing has a gunner yeah, slot. Gunner only unless it's R2 and then he has crew, right? Yeah, uh, so it'd, be, it'd have to be R2 only. I just want to double check. Except that R2 doesn't have gunner. Uh, oh. Yeah, they do not. So the BTLB does not have a crew slot. Yeah. R2, oh. R2 so replaces the gunner with crew is what he does. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it is only, at the moment, it's only going on the uh, on the lat. Yep. Um, but it's, uh, so it's an ability we've seen before. After you perform a primary, if you are focused, you may perform a turret, atar- a turret attack. Against the ship, you have not attacked this round as a bonus, um, and it gives you a linked rotate into a white rotate into a red focus action. It had this card is actually identical to Bistan, only Bistan uh, doesn't give you the linked action. That's it. Yeah, they don't. But, but it, do quite the exact same ability like this. Should he have given? Should Bistan? Should Bistan have given you the red focus? No, I think Baston is appropriate as is. Rebels have enough easy ways to get focus tokens that, you know, a rotate focus would not have... You don't want to give, like, 
you don't want to give Han a linked rotate focus. <laughs> right, right. No, this it is, is true. the easiest way to say it. Or Lando. Besides, I, I imagine heard if Lando was a imagine if Lando was a three action chip. <laughs> I heard Baston was filthy as is. So. <laughs> Baston is good. It's just that extended is not the extended larges is not where rebels are competitive right now. Right, right. Um, uh, eight? No, I mean if Baston is fourteen. Ghost Company really can't be any less. 12? Wait, wait. Bastan's 14? Yeah, Bastan's yeah. 14. Oh my god. That's He's been, a brick. The, Jeff, that's that's what I was that's what I was saying was like Bastan is extremely expensive. Should he have given you the focus token as well? No, he just shouldn't cost 14. He should not cost 14. <laughs> as long as he does, Ghost Company can't be long far off. So, so have we just confirmed that Biston is actually getting a points decrease? <laughs> I mean, twist my arm. Uh, like, right. <laughs> he's like, uh, I wish, but I doubt it. Mostly because they don't want something like Dash Rendar running around with like an eight-point gunner that gives you a double tap as long as you're still focused. Right, right. Because we saw we see we've seen Dash jump ahead of you know come out of things like that before. Dad, and, yeah, Dash uh, already was destroying four ship like competitive four ship imperialists with Baston at his current price. Any lower yeah. in Baston and and that combo becomes a serious problem. Right, right, right. Jeff, what do you think? Twelve. Um. So rotate to red focus. The thing about it is. Um, I mean, think about it is this thing's going to be fighting with the ship's ability. Yeah. So I'm not sure that it needs to be as high. Um, the ship ability is already so freaking good. Yeah. I think the difference between this and Biston is that because the, the, uh, the lats primary is not very strong. Yeah, your bonus, yeah. your your the bonus missile attack is never gonna hit do as much, or no, you're sorry, your bonus turret attack is never gonna hit as hard. So for me, just right now, you know, we don't know what the lat costs, we don't know any of that stuff. I don't think I'd really give this a real look on the lat if it were if it were more than eight, and I'm not sure that I would even really look at it at eight. Yeah, I don't think I. I mean, you're it's basically a better veteran turret gunner. But also worse. Yeah. Right, right. I completely agree. So, uh, next up, we just, you know, this we've already seen already. Uh, the rank three uh, droid gunship. It's called the Separatist Predator. Uh, networked aim. You cannot spend your locks to uh, reroll attack dice. While you perform an attack, you may reroll the number of attack dice up to the number of friendly locks on the defender. Uh, so, you know, it's an improved. FCS, fire control system. So one thing that I noticed, I mentioned pre-show that uh, we recently rewatched Clone Wars and they, they had, there was an episode of these, I think it was the, the Saw Gerrera and his sister, one of that arc, um, where a lot of these were involved. And these guys, at least in atmosphere, were doing zero stops and reverses. Ooh. So I don't know if they're going fluff, but 
but they were they were hovering and doing reverse moves. So that's yeah. A- I mean, I think that's that's probably something that we should expect. Um, and I would say seen- that only because it's got a two die half arc. I was going to say, have we seen the the dial for it? wasn't Wasn't that in the spread? There was there was a dial, but we have no confirmation of it. Got it, got it. But I I think probably Jeff, there's a good chance of that because they clearly limited its ability to do primary ta- primary attacks, and you have to wonder what they did to limit that. Yeah. Right. Right. But no, other than that, I'm you know. And I like just, it. Just, I guess I'm yeah, the the cost again with the vultures. Speaking of, are we like the chassis seems strong? I mean, eight health, yeah. right? Small base. Isn't it ten? It's five and three. Five and oh, three. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was I'm thinking of eight two. Um. Yeah. This is this is interesting. I uh. It's got a red barrel roll. Calculate target lock. Um, white rotate to red calculate. A uh, red, uh, white reload. White reload to red calculate. Sorry, I got the the exact opposite mistake. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, but no, I think they learned their lesson. Like the you know one of the strongest thing the vultures can do is that barrel roll into red calculate. Right. So do you think this? Do you think this hemp droid can fire dank droids? Uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. If if it I'd has the ability to be shooting Discord missiles, yeah, I was gonna say if like it's probably that's probably where you'll see it depending on the cost. What are we thinking it might cost? More than anything, it's a hemp droid, dank droid. Never mind. It's a stone. It is droid. HMP, HMP yeah. hemp droid. You got yeah. it. Stealing Drew's joke. Very nice, Jeff. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I hey man. Uh, Last up, uh, probably the if if anything is going to be as good as TA one seventy five, um, the new tactical relay droid relay droid Kalani is I think probably the challenger to the throne. After an enemy ship executes a maneuver, if it is in the bullseye of a friendly ship at range zero to three, you may spend one energy. If you do, that friendly ship acquires a lock, then gains a stress token. It's three charge with three recurring. So three a turn, basically. Yep. Yep. Plus, technically, I hate to say it. Plus, isn't it plus whatever? If you, uh, no, never mind. My, never mind. Forget it. I'll delete that. Yeah, three energy recurring, and it gives you a white calculate because you didn't have that already. Sit infiltrator that this is supposed to go on. I mean, I'm I'm actually really glad I was uh, in some of the newer episodes of the Clone Wars. Kalani makes an appearance, and I was like, wow, you know. I, and, and, and in the other seasons, you know, it was a it was a big part of like the tactical thing that the CIS were were using, and I'm actually glad that Kalani's ability is actually pretty damn good. It looks like he's built to be played. I'm just guessing by the art, but and the, <laughs> and the ability of it, it looks like he's meant to be played directly with the gunships. But let's be honest, though, if the gunships are more expensive than vultures, you're gonna see Kalani with the cheapest missile carrier, which is which is gonna be the vultures. I don't know, maybe techno unions. Oh, that's true. That too. That too. Forgot about them. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if if 
droids don't carry anything anymore that makes a really big use of target locks. You follow me? I mean, it depends. You know, doesn't the uh, didn't Duncan have two plasmas on his? Right, but those yeah, are techno yeah. union bombers, not vulture droids. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But right. yeah, droids, droids. Well, ESCs just fell out of favor, and they're not. Are they in hyperspace? They're not, right? Shell charges? No, they're not. No. Nope. Yeah, so, um, but concussion yeah, they, missiles are. Yeah. Um. I think this is a twelve. I think this is a twelve or a thirteen point tactical droid. That was just thinking that. I was about. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I think this is. You you could the number of mods this thing hands out every turn. Um. If you land your block, and you drop like, because it because it doesn't say that you can only do this once. Uh, if you land the block and there's three guys with bullseye arcs aiming at somebody, you can burn all three of your charges right there. Well, not only that, but this is every turn. So a, a, yeah. a, a vulture or a hyena on an asteroid or debris can just rotate. They don't even need their action no, because I, I call, this, if they uh, move. I think this is the legitimate. People are way too quick to scream once per opportunity, but I think this is the the legitimate once per opportunity. There's only one trigger. The enemy ship executes a maneuver, and there's only one person reacting to it, Kalani. So I'm pretty sure he could only do this once. Even if right, that, right. Even if that enemy ended up in bullseye of, of uh, with bullseye on three ships. Okay. I'll I'll wait for for a judge's word of ruling on it, because I would argue that I'm allowed to do it. I I I I I hate to say rules is intended because it's a dirty phrase in X-Wing. I think rules is intended. If you land in three ships bullseye arc, you're supposed to be able to just dump the whole house. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. just turn the bucket over of target locks. It is it is, but it does create quite an interesting situation, right? If if it's not intended like that, then it will Kalani be that expensive? Having like oh, I have to pick one of my three vultures or whatever yeah. that. Or that has it in bullseye. I guess I'll just spend it on this single one, right? Like, yeah. If you can't dump the whole house, I would agree it's probably closer to ten points. I do like that it says um, executes a maneuver, not fully executes a maneuver, which allows you to still bump those ships. Yeah, to block. Ship. Yep. Yep. To block them exactly. Yeah. Now here's the question. Um, what takes precedent, a fully execute maneuver ability or Kalani? What do you, I mean, it's gonna depend. Oh, on... are you talking? Are you talking about um, what's it called? Fine tune controls, controls yeah. vector thrusters, auto thrusters. So it's an enemy ship that executes a maneuver. So he's executed the maneuver. Fine tune controls has not gone yet. Uh, that's what I was asking, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So Kalani would Kalani would trigger after the maneuver before the fine tune controls. Okay. I just, you know, I wanted everybody's opinion on that because you know there's going to be people who argue that they're allowed to boost or barrel roll out of the bullseye arc. Yeah. Right, right. 
But, you know, if they've got fine-tuned controls and calibrated laser targeting and they want to boost their barrel roll out of the bullseye arc, you know. Um, yeah, it, it, it is good crack shot protection. Oh, that brings up another another thing too about the the drone the 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 180 um, arc. If they're cheap enough, man, why not just take six or seven of these? They're not gonna be that cheap. I hope not. I hope not. But yeah, they do. They also don't have the network calculations, so they will not I mean, be as well. They they have a different one. Right, networked aim. Very 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 roughly. You can look at eight hit points and you can say, look, they're not going to let you put 40 hit points on the table, probably. Now, there are exceptions. Uh, the Y-Wing is in Tie bombers. Yeah. You, you can put a lot range. more than 40 hit points on the table with Y-Wings, I promise you. Yeah. But but generally speaking, I would say that the, the, base, cost of, the base cost of the hemp is going to be somewhere in the vicinity of 40. I would agree with that. Because you also have to remember that they have a half arc. Yes. Which is also right. going to be worth more. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I I I bet you this one, the pro the predator is forty one. Hmm. Um I mean the 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 weighing factor against is that these things need upgrades. Um so they may That's true. Yeah. But I still think I still think you're looking at a base cost of 40, 41, 39, something like that. Um, I think these pair really well with Techno Union bombers with passive sensors. Hmm. Because if you think about it, it's a symbiotic relationship. The Techno Unions get the target locks that the Predators don't need to proc their network dark ability, right. and the Predators take calculates to fuel the uh, to fuel both attacks. Yeah. And if the and the bombers, if they want to, can spin their can spin their target locks on their ordnance. If they want to, yep. Right. And the, right, the bombers right. are almost all lower initiative, so by yeah. the time the separatists, the the these gunships have gone, they don't need their rerolls anymore until the next turn. Yep. 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 That would be my guess. Is you'll probably see a decent spread. That's what I would think immediately. I'll put it that way. It's a good guess, man. You've got more, more, um, more math in it than me. I'm just, I'm literally just kind of spitballing, and I, you know, I'm, I always assume the worst. Working for the post office and seeing what 1.0, <laughs> seeing what 1.0 X-wing became, I also assume the worst. So, <laughs> so we're gonna move this up just a little bit uh, because Jeff has a bedtime, and uh, we want, I want to get everything in. You the didn't, other you thing didn't they announced to... on the live, the other thing they announced on the live stream was upcoming new Aces packs. They specifically mentioned Rebels and Imperial. I was just about to say you didn't want to mention your 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 boy and your favorite ship. Well, so there's a lot of combinations I have. Um, <laughs> dream that will never happen. They will not allow this. Is Wedge and an E-wing. Uh, I will tell you that I would trade for Wedge and an E-wing. I want Hera and an X-wing. Oh, and not an A-Wing? Because no, I'm pretty sure I we're going to get her in an A-Wing. Immediately. Because an X, like, Hera in a... Hera with the ability to change from a 4K to a 3 Talon roll. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty damn good. Or, or, 
the ability to go from a one bank to a two bank to dodge a block. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I mean, Hera in the next wing, and she, and assuming she stays at I five, I would be very on board with this. What about her in a B wing? No, for that super laser B wing. Nope. <laughs> That'd nope. be pretty cool, though. Stop, <laughs> right, stop, right. guy. They need to just <laughs> give up on B wings. The best, <laughs> guys, they may, the best B wing isn't always um, that we know of is always isn't always will be Braylon Strom. Come on, stop, man! The, stop putting B wings on the, the table. New, the new U wing is the is sorry the new B wing or sorry the, yeah the new U wing is the new B wing. Like, come on. It it is funny that K two S O doesn't need Leia to be a really good U wing, <laughs> um, and, and especially because he can take U wings can take FCS, which is just hilarious. Um, right. I mean, you know, I. The point, my point is, Braylon is the best uh, B wing we're ever going to get, assuming something isn't just broken. Um, I don't think Hera is going to get. You're not going to get the most out of Hera's ability on a B wing dial. That that's that's all I'm going to say about that. Right. I'm looking at the um. I'm looking at the what's next, and I'm I'm wondering, do you think they're going to keep it with like A wing and B wing, and then tie bomber and tie defender? Well, they said it's, it's for ships that already exist. Right. I mean, the they're, whole because they're going to come in reissue packs. Are Are we saying Are we saying exist in 1.0 and 2.0, or exist in 2.0 only? Why would oh, 1.0 be relevant? Uh, I, you, you got me there. Right. Well, I yeah. mean, there. I I feel like this is they waited this long to bring back some of the legacy pilots. Like everybody's screwed, like always happens whenever they say that you know who the name was Tycho, Carnot Jax on the Imperial side. Nobody yeah, asked yeah. for it, but sure, Jeff Carnot Jax. Oh, um, and um, what's the other guy? Um, um, in he's in he's in Empire with Wedge. So Hobby Hobby is in is in Empire. They call him by name twice, and then Wedge's pilot. Who is the other guy? Wes Wes Jansen. Yeah, Jansen. Also, we don't have him in the game. Um. Oh, but no, he was another I five X wing, please. Yeah, no, seriously, he was a, he he was an I five X wing in one point So like, yeah, I'm I excited to his see. Ability is gross. Yep, yep, yep. I'm I'm excited to see hopefully more of Rogue Squadron come back because that was one thing that was significantly missing in the re-release when I was. Wedge. That was the first thing I went to. E wing. <laughs> Just do it, FFG. <laughs> wow, it, I mean it's true though, right? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of old squadron lore that you could get into i know that obviously shadow squadron is not something that is you know canon anymore um but yeah is there any other pilots or ships that you're interested in seeing jeff i mean i don't really think about it to quite the specificity that you guys do um i am interested in seeing and i think this was specifically mentioned by them i'm interested in seeing the same pilots at different levels, different places in their careers. Possibly, I agree with that. Possibly with I different, possibly with different pilot abilities, possibly in different ships. Um, those are the kinds of things that I'm interested in. Hey, hey, Luke is already a monster in this version. What happens if they put Return of the Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Or no, True. no, no, even better, extended universe, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Although to be honest, we don't we don't know if Luke's a better pilot in in Return of the Jedi. 
Luke's yeah, consistently been considered better at everything in by by that time. Because there's there's a, there's books between Return of between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and there's books right after Return of the Jedi where Luke is essentially God. I mean, he, well, well, hold on. He is essentially a god. There was that one scene in Return of the Jedi where they show people getting into their ships, and Luke is in his full black getup, right, like the the the, the suit, the, the Jedi knight, whatever. Um, and he gets in his X-wing and he flies away. But in the exact next scene, he's dressed in his X-wing gear. So oh for so he is a god because not only can he go through atmosphere, like into into space. <laughs> But he could also change in that tiny ass cockpit from his entire getup into an entirely other X-wing getup. So. Okay, Drew. Point. <laughs> Always good to point out a continuity error for us. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it would be. I think that's pretty cool. Um, different era pilots, Young Wedge. Uh, I think. I think people were talking about him in uh, the Rebels, like when he was like twelve years, literally like twelve or thirteen. It looked like. Yeah. But also it differently in, you know, so obviously I know that we we may not may or may not be big enough fans of episode 9, but Wedge as a gunner could be it. I mean, like obviously uh, this is uh, uh, right uh, new I mean, we're talking about pilots here, but I'm also interested in like, well, you know, new upgrades too. They did say new upgrades. They did say new upgrades. Okay, yeah, I didn't watch the stream. I just wanted to double check with you guys. A lot of new upgrades? They, his words were a lot. Yeah. Feature totally new pilots and upgrades for established factions. So interesting. Yeah, I know. Resistant, uh, flying a Resistance Falcon is going to be interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. Poe flying the Falcon would be hilarious. Yep. Oh, what with the hyperspace jump, like three if, times. If you, per... talk, if you want to talk about somebody who should get pushed the limit, Poe flying the Falcon should get pushed the limit. I mean, he already does in the in the T seventy. So uh, that's true. Right. 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 But yeah, it'd be good to see, it would it would be good to see some of the old favorites come back. Yep. Um, Any scum that would be cool to see back? You guys are the OGs, so you tell me. Oh, oh, are you kidding me, man? We just had a whole episode a couple weeks ago about how Talonbane Cobra is a title. I think it would be sweet to see other ships as Talonbane Cobra, like an Initiative Six M three A interceptor. So basically, you oh, want to make Talonbane the uh, the oddball. Oh, sorry, he's. He's five. Yeah, he's the oddball of the scum faction. Yeah. <laughs> the Dread Pirate Roberts of scum. It, exactly, exactly. That would be super fun. That's all I can really think of. Who is yeah. scum? Um, you know, I mean, I don't know anything about the canon, but I wouldn't mind uh, a couple more IG-88s. Um... Or even like IG Eleven stuff from the Mandalorian. So apparently the Razor Crest is is all but confirmed for twenty twenty one. Yeah, I I'd assume so. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to, uh, they've got to take advantage of that. Strike while the iron's hot, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a, saw a advertisement for pre order for an animatronic uh, child. <laughs> it's like a human but smaller <laughs> Yoda as a Republic pilot would be dope uh, I mean he does fly around in the Clone Wars for a few episodes dude okay no no, no wait uh, I gotta remember the name um, 
Oh god damn it! He's one of my. He's. He, I. I love him in every episode. Uh, the Jedi with um the green. He's green. He's like the classic gray Kid alien. Fisto. Kid Fisto. Thank you. Yeah, Kid Fisto. Yep, yep. I'm. I want to see him. The gray. Yeah, he's a dreadlock. Dreadlock green. Right, dude. but he has, he's he's got that kind of the long face and the oval eyes that are kind of right. tilted up. The almond color. The like, almond eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Literally, out of all the Jedi in all the movies, he's the only one that has any sort of, like, personality. There's, like, three different scenes with him where he, like, looks over at, like, C-3PO or the others, and he just kind of smiles, and then he, like, does a thing, and then he and then he runs away, but, like, he didn't actually do anything, right? Like, I think he actually pulls C-3PO's head off, right? He's the Jedi with the most screen time that's not in the game. Yep. 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 I think so, too. Well, be- besides... I mean... The- yeah, I was gonna say Yoda is the the next one that I could think of. How about that? How about that Whoa. dark Jedi, the the four armed big dude? Oh, Krell. 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 He would be a well. He's. I, I think he's probably more a Legion character than X Wing. I think he'd be kind of cool as a dude. Somehow fit him in as a double crew or a crew gunner or something. Like well, that. I mean the. The closest ship that we have to him is Shizor, right? Like, yeah. It'd be cool to have him hurt other clones to keep himself alive. Yep, yep. You know, or that's called. I mean, I don't know if it'd be. It'd be he cool. Out bad guy. Yep, yep, yep. You could just put him in as as, as a separatist. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, there are there are a lot of things that they could play around with, you know, with. With Dooku being so cagey and stuff, the ability to the ability to co-opt a character from the other side, um, you, you know, for the I, I don't know for the for the purposes of of a game because Dooku duped you, you know, um, <laughs> things like that. The the Night Sisters. Yeah, I'm surprised there's no Night Sisters in the game yet. Oh, there was there was a an, there was a ship that was unique to Asajj, um, in the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, um, which I um, which I thought was kind of cool. I, I have wanted to see that ship in in the game, um, for quite some time now. But you know, I want the Mantis. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's the Mantis? Have you guys seen the the sharp nosed um um fold wing shuttle that's in the latest clone wars that yeah ship, the the that ship looks great the the bad the bad batch ship that looks sweet yes that ship looks yep. great yep. man um yeah. i would Man's love this the one from the lab from um fallen order it's got a big sail oh um, i haven't played that in fallen order so it's i think it looks dope it's it's kind of like it's this long kind of not oh, like like triangular ship but with kind of rounded like almost trapezoidal and then it's got it looks a lot like the um uh the main rebel ship from Rogue One the MC75. Hmm. Uh, it's okay, just got a really okay. long sail out the top. I think it looks dope. Cool. But yeah, I mean we uh Apparently, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that probably the most ships that are coming out for the foreseeable future are going to be Republican separatists. Oh yeah, they're going to try to get those 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 uh, ships up to speed with yeah, their I mean, factions. Uh, yep. 
they'll so they'll the, probably they, mix in some first order, but the majority is going to be those three. And the end resistance, they'll mix in four. I think those four actually will be the the primary focus because they want to be able to they want to have a larger pool to to curate hyperspace from. Sure. So right. Uh, yeah, it's um, except for this, you know, not being able to play X Wing, it's a pretty good time to be playing X Wing. All right. Uh, Last thing we're gonna get to tonight. Uh, and we'll try to keep it, you know, just conversational. Um, with the quarantine situation, uh, a lot of tournaments are popping up that are uh, running on, you know, Vassal and TTS. Um, a lot of guys are starting to stream a lot more. Shout out to my boy Scott from Hexile Gaming. And um, the who's Rasta and his guys from England. Uh, we, Weekend Warriors? That sounds, like that. A, that sounds that sounds that sounds right. Um, Jeff, you've used Vassal before. I'm my frustrations with TTS are quite public at this point. Drew, have you played a lot online? I just played my first Legion game on TTS last night and, or yesterday, and it was. I I mean I I enjoyed it because I was playing with a friend, but oh, I gotta I gotta say, man, it was. It was three hours of me, you know, sitting next to Warhammer and other unpainted Legion models. Like, I could be painting right now. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I can't I can't do it. I'll watch Vassal games, but I can't play it. Mm. So, yeah, um, I haven't done TTS. I've done Vassal. Vassal is... If you guys had any idea about Vassal, uh, Vince, you know you you recently played Vassal, but um, I started playing Vassal before X Wing was released with other games. I came to X Wing right at you know Vassal was I was I was one of the first that was playing Vassal. Um, I was in I think probably the very first Vassal X Wing tournament ever. There were like I don't know. 18 of us. Uh, Hathi was one of them, you know, X-Wing World Champion um, first year. Um, and uh, the the amount of improvements that have been made to Vassal, uh, just automatic collision correction and automatic movement of the ship, um, mount, purely mouse-driven movement, although I haven't even learned that yet. Um, Vassal games used to take three hours for a, for a full game. Now a Vassal game is 90 minutes for a full game, which is just not bad. That's just not bad for a, for a tabletop game on a, on a computer because you don't have the setup and you don't have the teardown. So really you're saving time. Also, it saves a lot of time when those, uh, the biggest thing for me is that it saves time on the bumps. Yeah, absolutely. It's like just a huge amount of time. The bumps, the arc measuring, and things that are going through other models, um, arc checks. Uh, it's just there's so many areas that's actually faster than real yep. life. Yep. Like quality, and I do agree. Um, I've played mostly TTS. I have a handful of games on Vassal. And I have to say, TTS is far behind in some of the quality of life stuff. Um, so they just fly. added the. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. 
speaking of someone who's never played TTS, because I've seen pictures of it and it looks really impressive. It, it does. Yeah, it looks, it looks great. It looks better. Um, some of, because of the because it uses a certain amount of actual physics, there could be some wonky interactions, like when stuff hits stuff, or you know you can accidentally bump models and things like that that you can't do in Vassal. Why would they uh, build that into the game? Because it's actually built for other tabletop games. Interesting. Um, the dice roller is supposed to be a combination of RNG and a physics engine. I don't think so. I hate TTS's dice. Oh, it's so bad, dude. I TTS is just ridiculous. Yep, it really is. And like you're talking to a guy who watches enough of Ollie Pocknell streams to know the joke that is Vassal Dice. But TTS is worse. I think when like we the played run... Vassal, was it wasn't your first defense roll three green blanks, or was that my first defense roll? Between the two of us, I don't remember. But one, <laughs> one of us we were playing, and our first defense roll was three three green blanks. Which just Jeff, it could have been either one of us. It really could have been. Like, the way to tell is if the next two rolls were also three green blanks. Because then it was uh, probably you. Yeah, I uh, you know Vassal has been has been thoroughly thoroughly tested to the point where I just can't. I can't, in good conscience, as a scientific person, complain about its its RNG at this point. I, I, I'm starting honestly to prefer Vassal just for the specificity of controls. Yeah, it, and, it appeals it, to me in that way a lot more. It's incredibly precise. If you yes. hit, if you hit by a pixel, you hit by a pixel. You hit by a pixel. Yep. and it's yeah. easier. It's yep. easier to spawn arcs. It's easier. Um, the the marks are are I would say better defined, and um, the the number of controls you have over everything is just it's more appealing. Is so, it interesting? All that said, shout out to the the primary maintainer of Vassal at this point, a guy named Muan. He's a French Canadian, I believe. He's a Quebecois, Quebecois, whatever doesn't matter. Quebecois, uh, and uh, he's he's a good guy. He's been doing it since I think he's been doing it since Wave Three of First Edition. Wow! Uh, and he took over. Vassal's been around since Wave Two of First Edition, and I think I think Moan took around took uh, over a Wave Three of of First Edition, and. He has just, I mean, the, the improvements, he gets help, but he's, you know, he's the primary motivator. He's the, the director. He does a lot of the coding himself. He's just done a fantastic job. Um, it, 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 he, ne he didn't even take donations for a long time. It took a long time before we could convince him to, uh, to put up donations for the, for the cause. But, um, yeah, people should try Vassal if you want to get your X-Wing fixed in. I will tell you, as far as Vassal goes, I noticed something really peculiar. So, if when you're playing X-Wing on the tabletop, you have a particular problem with spatial awareness, with let's say you have a particular problem with spatial awareness on your three banks and your three turns, all right? And you work at it and you practice. And on the tabletop, 
you've gotten it down. You know your three banks and your three turns. In Vassal, you're going to have the same problem until yes. you until you learn it. It's it is a separate but parallel learning of the of the spatial things because it is directly 100% top down, which tabletop just isn't. And no, the the div- tabletop does have that. I would say it's an advantage slightly. And well, that is 3D. I, 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 I didn't mean tabletop simulator. I meant literally tabletop. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, the, I'll never I'll never forget the first thing. What is it? I uh, was it 1.0 and Daryl. I was playing Daryl McMillan, a great player, and uh, he made a maneuver that like I dro- my jaw dropped. I was like, "What are you doing?" And he flew onto a rock and he looked at me and he goes, "Wow, I gotta stop playing Vassal. I'm pretty yeah. sure in Vassal I would have made that move." And I was like, wait, what? Like, what is Vassal? And that's actually where I learned about it first. Um, But yeah, no, the difference between playing on a computer and like directly above everything versus playing on the tabletop is it's a totally different game. Well, the thing that's interesting, as I said, is that the problems that you have are exactly the same. If you have a problem with three banks, you'll have a problem with three banks in in Vassal. You just... Raising my hand as high as I possibly can. (laughs) You just have to learn the same thing over again, and it doesn't take that long. You know, you get you get pretty good. I've been pretty rusty at Vassal. I've already gotten it more or less back. Where, you know, I'm I don't know people that have played me. I, I'm very good at judging maneuvers. I know a lot of tricks for it. I know all that stuff, and I'm getting that back on Vassal. But be aware that there is a there is a learning curve. Even if you're really good at maneuvering an X wing, there's a learning curve to it in Vassal. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, folks, uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Solid hour and 10 minutes. Uh, Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. We'll talk to everybody next week. Go ahead, sign off. Y'all have a good week. I was was waiting for Jeff. I'm sorry. How's it going, guys? Just somebody do it. Jesus. Uh, And, and, And remember, keep your distance, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) you heard heard the man everybody stay safe out there winning is not a sometime thing it's an all the time thing you don't win once in a while and you don't do things right once in a while you do them right all the time winning is a habit